0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blunt Business, presented by Strainwise Consulting. This week, we will introduce you to someone who has shattered the glass ceiling when it comes to making her mark on the cannabis industry. What a fascinating story I get to go and talk to you about today. We're here talking today with Olivia Mannix. She's the founder, CEO, and chairman of the board at CannaBrand. Olivia is a cannabis industry pioneer and cannabis marketing and business expert. She's been named one of the top 50 PR influencers by PR Week and also by Adweek as one of their top brand influencers. At just 23 years old, she founded Canna Brand, an award-winning full-service marketing agency and business consultancy. And she's the first to specialized solely in the cannabis industry. So without further ado, Olivia Mannix, welcome to Blunt Business.
3: Hey, Brasco. Thanks so much for having me today.
0: My pleasure. So happy to have you on. I know that had a chance to speak and, and you you know, make a lot of trips around and you definitely get the word around about Canada Brand and all that you do and you have a great team you've assembled. Now, let's go into your background. It's initially in marketing, branding, consulting, brokerage, and public relations. Now, when you entered the industry, you saw the need for a full-service marketing agency. Everything covered. What brought you to that
3: conclusion? Sure, so a little bit... About my background, um, I've been a serial entrepreneur my entire life, um, or I guess since the age of twelve, where I would pick up any babysitting job I could. <laughs> I always liked the opportunity to um, to make my own money because I, I really saw the value in that and um, being self sustaining. Um, fast forward, you know, a few years, I I went to college in Boulder, Colorado to see you um, right in one of the other pot capitals of the world, I would say, Um, and really learned about um, marketing and advertising. I had some really great internships. Um, I was really lucky enough to get internships with companies like Level 3 Communications, which is a worldwide telecom company, um, a major natural food industry PR company called the Fresh Ideas Group. So I really got um, a lot of experience at a young age. Um, Out of college, I had my first corporate full-time job where I was basically sitting in a cubicle in the middle of downtown Denver in an office building, and I said to myself, this is not what I want to be doing. I'm sitting here. I'm bored out of my mind. I'm not challenged. This is not what I thought I should be doing. So. Lo and behold, I started a marketing company with one of my best friends from CU Boulder, uh, Jen. At the time, she was a creative advertising major. I was a mass communications major, so we both decided to start an advertising agency um, at the ripe young age of 23. So we had to. Yeah, we and the had thing to was, build...
0: It wasn't where you decided to go ahead and ju- jump into another company and decide to go ahead and rise up the ranks. You just went ahead and said, "Oh no, I'm not even going to just stick to this out of my career, out of college. I'm just going to start my own business." And that's, I mean, that's extremely ambitious, and I mean, very brave.
3: Oh, thank you. And I mean, I don't really know how that all came about, but I, it just happened, and so it was interesting because. You know, being women in, a, in the advertising industry specifically is a very male-dominated space. So right. we had to do a lot of work that was lesser expensive than we would have liked to have charged for it. We had to build our portfolio and, quote-unquote, prove ourselves. So that was – it was very challenging, um, but we did it. Um, fast forward, January 2014, when adult use became legal in Colorado – um, we had been studying the industry, um, I've had my red card for over 11 years now, wow. um, being able to get it when I was 18 in Denver, or excuse me, in Boulder, mm-hmm. um, I've had two ACL reconstructions, oh um, God. I have a labral tear in my hip, so I'm a huge enthusiast for medical marijuana, um, specifically. Edibles, topicals that have really helped with my pain, and then of course bowls or combustibles as needed. Um, and it's so, so, anyways, so you had to
0: go through all the issues that you had to go through, but that, that that way to interact and to, you know, come full forward to cannabis and the the true uh, aspects of, of of the real benefits. Which you know it's so hard to go and hear in, in the media just to hear the positive aspects that people just don't hear about because the negative is still that stigma just is something that's overwhelming that people just have to go with. So a, a company like yours can really help get the right word across. And um, obviously you going through some of the things that you did really helps that out to really tell that great story. Now, I wanna talk about the team that you have assembled. You have top talent now. Let me just mention the companies from some of the people that you have working for you. You have companies like Osprey Packs, Merrill Lynch, Starbucks, at and and Disney. I don't know how you did it, but please tell listeners, how were you able to recruit that kind of top talent that you brought on from mainstream business into cannabis?
3: Sure, so just to kind of finish that, the of tail end of that story, just so it all makes sense, um, I used to, I really, from, from actually needing to use medical marijuana, I really fell in love with the, the industry and what it has to offer. So I decided to start a company that was fully dedicated to cannabis, hence Cannabrand. We're the world's first cannabis marketing agency. And our mission has been to rebrand and reshape the image of the industry through education, through helping companies with their marketing and branding platforms. Um, So when it comes to recruiting great talent, the work that our company produces is exceptional and everyone on my team is an amazing person who has a ton of experience both in and outside of the industry. So I, I've recruited people to help grow my business because I do not settle for anything but the best.
0: No, I just I was just surprised that you were to bring those people together. And you obviously have brought a real dream team, uh, maybe not to, so much to say that, but it's almost like the same idea of, of real marketers that can come in and help out. Now, one thing that's really great, and I must congratulate you, that the company underwent a merger. You're now not only a marketing agency, but a consultancy that aids cannabis companies with business operations and capital services, as well as with mergers and acquisitions resources. Now, give me some insight into what brought this merger about.
3: Sure, so I had engaged a company to help me with some of my scaling and operational and funding needs. Um, And it's actually funny because a lot of inquiries that come to us are from companies that are looking for marketing. But oftentimes we have to say to them, you know, we should actually take a step back and work on your business plan and get you funding um, in order to actually execute on marketing. Because if you don't have that solid foundation, then you're not gonna be able to market correctly. So we've expanded our services to be able to help companies with valuations, pro formas, pitch decks, um, investor relations, and capital resources. Um, So that's been very successful for us and it's helped a lot of companies grow as well as be able and positioned to take on marketing and costs. because as we know, marketing is not the cheapest thing out there (laughs) (laughs)
0: before we get to our first break I want to ask you one last question but I want to preface first by saying as we record this program as of yesterday uh, we're recording this on October the 18th yesterday was the very first day that the nation above uh, north of us here in America, Canada, we're happy to announce that they were able to go ahead and sell adult use cannabis for the very first time, legalization uh, was being praised in Canada we congratulate them for being you know, in the forefront and hedging for the chance that uh, the opportunity that America will see that same legalization in the very near future. Now, you spoke recently at Toronto at the Lyft Expo on a branding and marketing panel. Now, Canada, with this legalization, is indeed a focus for many of the industry, and the cannabis branding and marketing rules are going to be critical tools to enable Canada's regulated cannabis businesses to do their part to eliminate the black market. So, can you tell us any takeaways attendees has got from your presentation and what kind of branding and marketing obstacles do you foresee in Canada? I don't know if you're doing anything in Canada or what you would be able to offer as any consulting in Canada.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're doing quite a few projects in Canada. Um, and right now there are some issues with marketing and in, in particular to packaging. So basically um, packaging for cannabis companies for for flour, for concentrates, what have you, have to be in, um, I believe it has to, the packaging has to be one color, it has to be white, it can have one other color on it, which I think makes it very difficult to be creative with packaging, they're trying to keep the packaging very um, medicinal looking, I don't know if that's still... True. Um, I know it was true when I was back there uh, on a panel with a few other Canadian marketers. But I do know that they do have some some regulation issues on that end. But I do know that there are people working really hard to figure out um, how to make things more compliant and how to make things better and easier for us marketers. So I'm hoping that they will will see an opportunity to to make a change and. Um, I'm actually involved with speaking with some individuals um, in terms of helping them make those laws um, so that they're more similar to to the states. That would be more helpful to them and all the companies up in Canada in the long run.
0: Well, there's a lot of money, a lot of resources, a lot of good people up there in Canada that are hoping to make this very successful. I'm crossing fingers and telling myself that everything works out well so that uh, Canada will be able to create a very strong precedent for other countries to follow suit. Again, we're here with Olivia Mannix, the founder, CEO, and chairman of the board at CannaBrand. We're going to talk more with her after a short break here on Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
0: Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD.
2: Cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
0: And we're back with Olivia Mannix from Cannabran and having a great conversation here. We, I want to ask you now, Several months ago, about three months ago, a little more than three months ago, you and your team were recently featured on an article, an article by Authority Magazine. Very nice article I got to read. You mentioned that you were looking to, quote, bridge the gap between the cannabis and outdoor communities in a united front to do well for Mother Earth, end quote. And then you mentioned a program, a, a project called the Green Industries Affair. And I'm just going to make a definition here it's an unprecedented charity event that is bringing together the cannabis and outdoor industries under one roof with proceeds going to benefit Carbon Colorado, which is an organization dedicated to offsetting carbon footprints and climate change. So, can you fill us in on any progress that you've already made so far?
3: Sure, so the purpose of that event was to follow brand's mission, which is to bridge the gap between mainstream industries and cannabis industry, as well as doing good for society and the environment and other. Um, So basically what we did was we cooked together, we brought together green industries companies. So cannabis brands, outdoor industry companies such as Osprey Packs, Patagonia, um, a few ski companies, as well as um, some environmental companies. So awareness of carbon footprint with Carbon Colorado awareness of water use, awareness of recycling, things that you you know might think are not that important, but they really are. So the purpose of this event was to bring together these clean companies uh, for a benefit concert in Denver where we, where we raised money to help Carbon Colorado, which helps with decreasing the carbon footprint. So basically it was a, a great charity event Fundraiser to to bring
0: together bringing companies, fantastic. And uh, another side uh, for the agency, obviously, to go ahead and really put a real philanthropic, a real do good thing for the greater good. It, it's a, a a great idea, and you know, again, something that other companies could definitely go ahead and follow and uh, take take point notes of. Now, you're also a contributor to Adweek, which we mentioned. You were mentioned one of the top brand influencers, and you recently reported on a topic facing cannabis-centric marketing agencies today, which has to do with the challenges of advertising through digital media channels. Now, unfortunately, I wanted to read the story, but hit a paywall. <laughs> but if for <laughs> those who couldn't break through the paywall to read more, what were some of the challenges you can tell us that you pointed out?
3: Yeah, so um, I believe that article was actually on social media influencers. Um, oh. Basically, yeah, so the, the obstacles are... Um, right now we're facing serious issues with Facebook and Instagram, which I'm sure many of the listeners who have Canada right. companies can relate to. Um, so the article is about social media influencers and how you can use social media brand ambassadors to basically leverage your brand. Um, Canter brand actually has a program which does this. We have our own repertoire of social media influencers. And we basically connect brands with social media influencers. So basically if there's someone, if you're trying to promote a vape pen company in the Bay area, we will connect your brand with an influencer who has anywhere from 500,000 to 5 million followers. Mm -hmm. Um, So then when they're promoting your brand, your brand is getting in front of their, their audience. So it's kind of a creative way to really get in front of a lot of people um, through more of a organic um, earned-paid media play with these influencers.
0: Fantastic. Now, I'm going to article to article. Just it is a lot I read about. Like I said, this is me. This is my due research. It's just part of what I do. So in a, re- in a recent Yahoo article, <laughs> you cautioned against companies putting a big pink bow on their marketing and making it woman-friendly. And it's funny, I kind of got the same idea when we talked to uh, uh, Gene Sullivan, who's with ARCU Group, uh, citing that women have specific wellness needs that men may not be interested in. Please elaborate.
3: Sure. Um, so there have been some campaigns in the past, uh, such as Bic pens. They once did a campaign making pens that were, quote-unquote, appealing to women. And the pens were <sighs> sparkly and pink and... Uh, at the end of the day, doing things that are that outlandish and that extreme actually is more offensive than good. I, I would agree. Um, yeah. So when it comes, right? <laughs> so when it comes to cannabis brands, um, it's also just important to have a brand that is backed by information and in why is this product good for me? Why is this good for specifically a woman um, rather than? Um, just saying, oh, it's pink, buy it. There's, there has to be a lot more depth and brand and messaging to it.
0: Right, and I just think that, that, that that's a great example of saying that, yeah, that's just missing the mark. I mean, there's a point where, you know, I guess that when there's well, products that are being marketed to women, you know, obviously if it's more of a fashion type of sense, there's definitely a different difference between what men or women would go ahead and purchase and what they would consume, so that definitely makes a good point. Now, uh, at the same time, um, for the cannabis uh, Canadian cannabis market, you thought that women-focused cannabis businesses would be wise to make sure they're not cutting anyone out. Why is that?
3: Yeah, because, I mean, if there's a, a product that may be appealing to women, who's to say that it couldn't be appealing to, to anyone? Um, and when I say anyone, obviously, people over the age of 21 who are legally allowed to consume cannabis in their region... Um, But I think having a brand with a target market specified um, as well as bringing in other markets is important so you're not jeopardizing or alienating any other potential revenue streams from a business standpoint.
0: Great point. Now, again, we're talking with Olivia Mannix. Uh, She is the CEO and Chairman of the Board and Founder at Brand. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up with final questions with Olivia after this short break here on Blunt Business, here on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some
2: sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
0: Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease.
2: and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's StrainWise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation.
1: The
3: boober
2: way. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on cannabisradio.com.
0: And we're on the home stretch here. We're finishing up our uh, this edition of Blunt Business here on cannabisradio.com with Olivia Mannix with Cannabrand. Now, I got to read your submission to be elected to the NCIA Board of Directors. And you described your forecast for the industry, and you said, quote. I've witnessed over the years increased investment in the space by entrepreneurs and institutional investors alike will continue to push for increased professionalism and market standardization will continue to advocate someone in office who pushes for federal legalization of cannabis. Now, do you have any thoughts or concerns about how corporate America is starting to have talks with cannabis companies and eventually will they make their way into pushing out smaller businesses?
3: Absolutely. Um, so right now I'm actually seeing a lot of M&A acquisition mm-hmm. activity within the space. So either companies within the space partnering or companies outside of the space purchasing cannabis related companies. Um, we're also seeing big money groups coming in, such as I'm sure many of you have heard of the Constellation brand, and um, injection to Canopy Growth for I think it was 5 billion. dollars. Oh my god. No. Um and then Coca-Cola is getting involved, Pepsi is getting involved. I over the years I've actually had some major corporations reach out to me um in Santa Brand looking for information, looking to to get in. Um and I do also see with a lot of mainstream companies on a daily basis as well. So it's inevitable that big money is coming into
0: the industry, it already is here, and that we're just growing and growing. One of the stories I saw this week, and I'm a, of course in the radio industry, I read a lot of things from, the, from within the industry as well, I Heart Radio decided to offer, what was it, give up 10% of their ad inventory, which of course, that company's in debt, they don't even have the money to really invest, but they can offer their ad inventory to High Times Magazine for some stake in the, in, in the project there. I don't even know what they're going to do with that and how that's supposed to work out, but for whatever reason, there are some companies that will just go out of their way to go ahead and get themselves into the cannabis business some way, somehow. And, you know, I'm seeing it for so many different ends, so I just thought it was fascinating. Now, with uh, the last couple minutes we have left, well, Olivia, well, you know, we had a great conversation. with you. We thank you really for being on the show. Please let people know why they should look to Cannabrand for full-service marketing and branding and tell people how they can go ahead and reach out to you and your company.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are available um, by phone. We have every all of our information on our website. Um, we're here to help you with um, any of your marketing or consulting needs as well as just getting you connected with the right players in the industry, um, helping you with any educational or advocational campaigns. Um, we have a great team that's uh, always here looking to help people. So would love to hear from you if you're interested. (laughs) Uh,
0: And I was going to ask, when I mentioned about the NCA cannabis uh, board of directors, when do we know if you uh, were able to make it to, if you were going to be elected, when that happens?
3: So actually, the results did come out a few months ago, and I was very close to making it, uh, Since I'm not a plant-touching, yeah, since I'm not a plant-touching company, um, I don't get as many votes as a plant-touching company. but. That's
0: okay. <laughs> well, I mean, at least the one thing I wanted to make mention was just that, that great quote that you had given there. That's one, one to point across. But obviously, uh, you know, from what I've gotten to read, all about what your company's done, what you've done yourself, I mean, you have such an, there's, there, there's so much ahead for you in the future. And I, and I know that such a young age, I mean, you know, definitely half my age for, for, for almost, is that I'm sure there's so much to look forward to. Uh, look forward to what is going to be doing in the future, what you're going to be doing in the future. Who knows what the future holds? And I really hope that uh, we get a chance to go and meet together at a conference one of these days and um, get to hear you speak and get to hear more great wisdom and see you do really great in this industry. We're thankful that you're here.
3: Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Roscoe. And thanks so much again for having me today. And uh, I hope that we can meet soon.
0: Absolutely. I really do appreciate you being on, and, and there's a really wonderful story to tell. And definitely, hope, if there's a chance we can bring you back, we'll definitely go and make sure to do that. So you can learn more about Canabrand by going to u s. That's correct? dot u s.
3: Okay,
0: perfect. All right, so for all of you, if you are also looking to get your foot in the door of the cannabis industry as well as entrepreneurs looking to start their own marijuana business, check out Streamwise Consulting by going to www.streamwiseconsulting.com. And all of you, thank you, listeners, for joining us here for another edition of Blunt Business. You can download past episodes of the show by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening.